Be Wealthy and Smart, episode number 127. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On this episode, we're going to talk about credit card reward offers. We're going to discuss what rewards are available on credit cards. Are they worth it? which are the best, and why it might be something you shouldn't do. I have a very interesting interview for you. Without further ado, here we go. I have a very interesting interview. I have a very interesting interview for you today. And without further ado, here we go. I'm excited to have on the show today, David Shellhammer, a credit card enthusiast who's going to talk to us about how to use credit cards to your advantage. Hi, David. How are you today? Hi, Linda. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on the show. I'm so excited to have you here. This is a topic that fascinates me. I've delved into this just a teeny tiny bit, but I know that you are much more knowledgeable in this area, and I wanted to share this with all of our listeners. So first, tell us how did you get into using credit cards and finding out all the advantages about credit cards? When I got my first credit card, I was just out of high school, and it was just a very basic uh, 1% cash back card uh, that I liked a lot because uh, I had been told to just sort of put my normal expenses on it while I was at school and then I would pay it off. And that came with an unexpected benefit of also getting one cent back for every dollar that I spent on that card, which I thought was a nice little bonus. I mean, you know, as a student, I wasn't spending any huge amounts of money and, and earning any huge amounts of rewards, but even 1% back is better than 0% back, was my thinking. Um, and then I just happened upon some articles talking about these these really interesting, we'll say, uh, characters that were finding ways to take advantage of certain aspects of credit cards. So two that people may be familiar with, one uh, one being a guy who who went out and bought thousands or maybe even hundreds of thousands of these containers of chocolate pudding uh, that came with airline miles attached to it, <laughs> attached to each purchase, um, and then used the, the money he was getting in some way to pay that off and I, I believe made quite a bit of money that they then donated um, to uh, to a charity and the other being uh, not not a particular person here but reading about people that were taking advantage of this program started by the US Mint um, you may remember uh, several years ago at this point there was somewhat of an effort to try and get um, dollar coins, uh, more popular and to put more of them into circulation. So the Mint was offering uh, through its website 
a program where you could buy dollar coins and there would be no surcharge and no shipping costs attached to that because their goal was not to make money off of it. Uh, their goal was simply to get these out to people so people would go out and spend them and get them into circulation. Um, I don't know if the idea was eventually to remove dollar bills from circulation entirely and replace them with the coins or just offer some kind of an alternative. But what ended up happening was because it was free shipping and, and no kind of a surcharge on them, people would get thousands of dollars worth of these coins at once get them shipped to their house, bring them straight to their bank and deposit them into their bank accounts and then use that money from their bank account to pay off their credit card statement when it came at the end of the month. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And then pocketed the cash back or the hotel points or the miles in the meantime with having paid zero dollars at the end of the day. Interesting. Well, companies have come out with these loyalty cards and they have all kinds of incentives. I know when I was in corporate, I had a hotel card and I would use that for my hotel stays and then that would generate free trips and they were connected to the Ritz-Carlton and I had a colleague who was so good at this. He he had his honeymoon all paid for for free, all his miles he used to fly there. He had the hotel paid. I mean, it was crazy. He had even had upgrades to a suite. I mean, it, it was insane what some people can do with these rewards. So what are your favorite cards that you like? Just give us, you know, a couple that you think are the best benefiting cards for people to take a look at. Right. So my personal favorite um, and one that actually gets talked about a lot is the uh, Chase Sapphire Preferred credit card. Um, This uh, comes with a sign-up offer generally of around 50,000 points uh, when you first get the card, and then you have to spend some amount of money in the first three months. Uh, Depending on when you apply for it, you'll you'll generally see that amount between $3,000 and $5,000. When I got the first time, it was $3,000, and then uh, when I got it again just recently, it was the, uh, the higher amount, um, and you get 50,000 ultimate rewards points with that. Uh, now, what's advantageous with the Chase program is that with a lot of airlines, uh, some hotels, and certain other programs, like I believe Amtrak is still a part of that program as well, uh, you can transfer those ultimate rewards points at a rate of one-to-one in, in blocks of 1,000 points to frequent flyer programs or to hotel loyalty programs, uh, which is a better rate than you'll find with a lot of other transfer programs. And that's even more powerful when you combine that with another Chase card that they offer, which is the Freedom card. Now, this is generally thought of as a cashback card, and uh, it offers uh, 5% cashback, quote-unquote, um, on different categories that will change quarter to quarter. Uh, so, for instance, uh, in the the quarter that includes Christmas every year, they generally will put big box stores and Amazon.com in the five point uh, excuse me five percent reward category uh, for that quarter. 
what's advantageous is that there's uh, actually some synergy between those two cards, which is that as long as you have the Chase Sapphire Preferred card, any points that you earn with that freedom, they're not held separately. They're all combined into one big pile of points. And so the points that you earn with that freedom can be transferred at that same one-to-one rate that I mentioned earlier. If you don't have that Chase Sapphire Preferred card, then you don't have that option with the points you earn with your freedom. Um, And the reason they they offer that, actually, uh, is because there is an annual fee attached to the Sapphire Preferred card. So that's the catch with that, is that if you want to avoid paying that annual fee, you have to time it so that you open it, move all your points at once, and then close it before that annual fee rolls around. But that, that's a really nice combination of cards to have uh, if you have the opportunity to. So you can have those two cards and then total the points on one or the other card, depending mm-hmm. on whether you want more uh, benefits like hotels and travel or whether you want more cash back. Is that the idea? Yeah, yeah well, you always have the, uh, the opportunity to take it as cash back, and they'll actually direct deposit uh, at a rate of one cent per point, they'll just direct deposit that into uh, the account that you've listed uh, for uh, for paying your credit card statement. Uh, so you can always do that. That's always an option. But the transferring for uh, hotel points and frequent flyer miles is only available when you have that uh, card with the annual fee. I see. Well, I've seen so many ads on television for the Chase Sapphire. I remember the commercial about the little girl wanting the the concert tickets and the dad getting it for her, and they have really promoted that Chase Sapphire card. I haven't seen it as much recently, but they really spent a lot of money on advertising that card. So uh, have you ever tried to call that special line and get any special tickets or anything like that, like they advertise? Uh I wish I had an interesting anecdote to tell about that. Unfortunately, I'm a pretty boring person. I, I just like to take the the points and the uh, the uh, frequent flyer miles miles where I can. I I know a lot of uh, cards offer those kinds of things, like exclusive deals, exclusive experiences, backstage passes, uh, concierge services, that kind of stuff. And my understanding is that those can be quite valuable to people that would have a use for those services. Uh, personally, I don't, though. So there, there are the two Chase cards. What other cards do you like? One of my, one of my oldest cards is uh, the Discover It, um, and that's another one of those rotating category cards that uh, each quarter it will offer 5% back on uh, a different set of categories. And that is a straight cashback card. Um, you can get a statement credit at one cent per point. You can get direct deposited points. You can shop on Amazon with those points, at, at a, again, at a rate of one cent per point. Uh, so that's nice. Um, it's simple. It offers a way to get 5% back on different categories than the Freedom card, which you know I have that at the same time so that between one or the other of them, even if they don't have the same categories each quarter, it's likely that one or the other I'll be able to get 5% on pretty much anything that I need to buy. So that's a nice combination to have as well. Mm-hmm. 
Does American Express have some good cards? Yes. Um, I personally still have the uh, Blue Cash Everyday card from them, which is 3% back on all grocery shopping for the entire year. They actually, and, th- and that card has no annual fee, but the Blue Cash Preferred uh, is the version of that card with a fee and actually offers 6% back on all uh, grocery shopping. Uh, up to a limit of, I believe, $6,000. Wow, uh, that that's fantastic. An annual fee, but if you spend on the higher end uh, for groceries, it can certainly be advantageous to pay the annual fee, and then you would still come out ahead based on that 6%. That's amazing. So it sounds like your cards are segregated for different things you're purchasing. So when you purchase groceries, you use this Amex. When you are using something else, you're using either the Chase Freedom or the Chase Sapphire. What? How do you? What other cards do you have that are like specific to what you spend for for the benefit of that bonus? Yeah, that, that's absolutely right. That that part of uh, part of maximizing the utility of any of these cards is knowing when it's best to use them. Uh, pretty much everything will give you 1% back as a baseline, but if you want more than that, you have to pay attention to where you're using it. Um, another card that uh, is actually not offered at this rate anymore, will be going away shortly, uh, but that I was lucky enough to have gotten it long enough ago that I've been grandfathered in, is the uh, City Forward card. Um, that was generally targeted at students, um, and when I signed up for it, that offered... Uh, five points per dollar spent at uh, restaurants, spent on any kind of entertainment, and spent at bookstores. And the big advantage with that card was that it counts uh, anything purchased from Amazon.com as a bookstore purchase, regardless of whether it's a book or you know a cast iron skillet. Oh my gosh, but that's not available anymore. Uh, it is available, but they've reduced that to uh, two points per dollar. And for anyone that was grandfathered into that like I was, the program will be changing over uh, in June of 2016 to uh, the reduced two, to a point per dollar rate. Mm-hmm. Do they still have those cards that that come with a book, like a catalog that you can choose prizes and items out of the book yes i think pretty much every card that i've i've gotten uh maybe some that are specifically uh airline or hotel co-branded cards may not have that but most cards do um and and you can look through that that selection online Uh, and i think that some people use that just if they have some points left over from travel and there's not an easy way to cash out those points. Like, so I was, I was talking about with the, the chase card or with discovery, you can just uh, get those points direct deposit into a savings account at a value of one cent per point. Uh, a lot of times with hotel programs and frequent flyer miles, once you transfer the points into that program, it's difficult or impossible to convert those back to cash. Um, and so spending it on those 
those pieces of merchandise can be one way to liquidate these points that you don't have any travel-related use for rather than just letting them expire for and, and just being completely worthless. Hmm. Does this take a lot of time to get really savvy with all this because you have to follow, like, what they're focused on spending, what category for the quarter, and making sure that you're doing that. Is this is this something that takes up a lot of time for people? Is this hard for the average person to do? Um, I would say that there's there's a def- there's definitely a learning curve in the beginning, um, and so that's where the biggest time investment will be, uh, and that's certainly the way it was for me when I was first getting started uh, reading different blogs and, and different online resources, uh, trying to figure out exactly what was the best way to go about doing all of this. So yeah, I'm not going to lie and say that it's something that first day in, you're going to be perfect at and you just want to hit the ground running. Definitely, definitely, if you're thinking about getting into it, do research before you start on and start small at the beginning. But that being said, once you get over that initial hump and once you've gotten your first maybe two or three sign-up bonus offers uh, and you've got everything set up, at that point, it's really just a matter of maintaining. So for me, uh, I, have, I just have a pretty simple Excel spreadsheet where I track you know, which cards have annual fees, what's the annual fee, when is it going to be due, you know, based on 12 months after I signed up for it? Uh, what are the, the quarterly bonuses? Because those are generally announced several months ahead of time, and you can, you can find that on the uh, card issuer's website pretty easily. So, so once you have that initial learning curve dealt with, uh, it's, it's really not a very time-intensive hobby, I wouldn't say. Why should someone not do this? Yeah, that's a really good question, um, and and one that I think people that, that read, you know, occasionally there are articles about this hobby that paint it in a very sexy light that don't really so much talk about what some of the pitfalls can be or some of the reasons people may not once you get into this. Um, so the the absolute number one thing is if you're not certain that you can pay off your credit cards on time, stay away. Absolutely. (laughs) I say that without reservation. If there's any concern that you would be put in a bad financial spot because of this, don't do it. Um, So that means you want to have some kind of an emergency fund built up, some kind of a somewhat dependable at least source of income coming in if that's not the case probably uh stay away or at the very least uh approach with caution second is you do need to be able to pay attention to your personal finances so like i was saying i just use a pretty simple spreadsheet to track the stuff that i need there are apps and different programs out there that different people prefer so you can do that However you do it, you definitely want to make sure that you can keep track of everything that you're doing so you don't get surprised with a late fee one month or an annual fee that pops up out of nowhere. When you're talking about hitting 
those minimum spending requirements for those introductory promotional offers, you want to make sure before you sign up for a new credit card that you have a clear plan on how you're going to meet that spending requirement. So if it's, you know, like I I mentioned uh, earlier, an example of one might be $5,000 in the first three months. You better make sure that you have some means of spending $5,000 in three months. Uh, For a lot of people, they just don't spend that much money in a month or they don't spend that much on things that can be paid with a credit card. Fourth would be that you don't really know how you want to use the points. You want to have a plan for what you're going to do with them. So for cash back, that's not really that much of an issue because you're never going to be hurt by just taking one cent per point into your bank account or taking a statement credit. That's never going to hurt you. But if you start racking up a bunch of airline miles and you don't know how you're going to use them, you don't enjoy traveling or you don't have the vacation time to travel for quite a while, that could be a problem if you start approaching the deadline for when those points are going to expire. You know, Getting zero cents per point is certainly not a worthwhile use of your time. Um, and then the last thing would be uh, if you are – Because this is credit, it does have an effect on your credit. Not a bad one, actually, as it turns out, but nevertheless does have an effect on your credit. So if you're going to be looking for uh, a new car that you need a loan to finance, if you're going to be uh, looking for a new apartment or condo that's going to run a credit check on you, if you're applying for a job that's going to do a credit check, and most importantly, if you're going to be buying a house in the next I would say probably 12 to 18 months even, don't go out and open a bunch of credit cards. Uh, I don't own a house, so I'm not sure exactly how serious of an issue that would be, but my understanding is that it could really throw a wrench into the works. If you know, you're know you about to close on a house and then go out and sign up for five credit cards, would not be a good thing. Right. What are some of the apps that people can use that track these things? Uh, so Mint is a really popular one that people use. Uh, just a gen- That's just a general uh, personal finance app uh, that you can input your credit card login information into that, and then it will automatically pull in your transaction data from the credit card issuer's website. So you can break down your spending by category, make sure you're spending in the right categories to maximize those points that you're getting back. Um, And also just as a general uh, good rule of personal finance to make sure you know where where your spending is going. Yeah, I've actually forgotten. There, There is a third one that even I use that puts all of your miles and points balances together that uh, is convenient, not, I wouldn't say necessary if you track that uh, on your own. Well, if you think of it or look at it on your phone, you could send it to me and I'll put it in the show notes. Some people have a lot of expenses for business and they might want to use one of these cards for these heavy business expenses that they have. So I guess it would really come down to what do they value? Do they want the cash back? Do they want the travel points? 
you know, is do you have any advice for someone who has a, a high account with business that they're spending a lot every month? Right. So I would say it always comes down to what do you value? So if you value staying at really nice hotels, then you certainly want to focus on that. And you want to pick a hotel program that is conducive to that. So one that makes it easy to get upgraded rooms rather than just uh, a mid-level room for an extended number of nights. And same thing with air travel then. If you value just being able to travel a lot, then you want to focus on uh, an airline, well, one, an airline that's near you in the first place, but then also an airline that's near you that makes it easy to uh, get really cheap um, redemptions for flights rather than one that makes it really easy to go from coach to first class with points. You can always do that, but certain programs are better for that than others. Uh huh. Do you like a certain airline more than another? Well, I target United and American Airlines, but that's just because they are the two biggest airlines that have hubs near where I'm located. Um, like, for example, Virgin uh, does not have anything within several hours of me, I don't think, um, at least the last time that I checked. So that that's another uh, consideration to keep in mind is that uh, if you build up a bunch of United points, but then you have to drive five hours to find an airport that United flies out of, that's probably not the best plan. Yeah, exactly. And some people are very loyal to Southwest. Is there any particular card for Southwest? Yes, Southwest does offer uh, their own co-branded cards, I believe, through Chase uh, that their cards are offered with their uh, Rapid Rewards program. Mm -hmm. And I follow Alaska Airlines because I go to Seattle a lot. So I have their, I've had their card forever. uh, And I like that a lot. Yeah, and that's a perfect example of uh, a card that's very useful for people in in a certain part of the country, but would be, you know, for someone living in Arizona or Florida would be close to useless. Mm Mm-hmm. Not totally useless, but nearly. Yeah, it's good for people who fly to the Northwest, for sure. Well, this has been incredibly helpful, David. Is there anything we haven't covered that you want to tell people? Yeah, in terms of hobbies, it's certainly a, at the very least, it's a cheap hobby. At best, it can be a very lucrative hobby. So thank you for sharing everything with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. David shared some awesome information with us, and you probably want to listen to this episode again so you can take some notes and decide which cards might be right for you, depending on which offers you're most interested in and how you want to spend those great rewards. Along with re-listening to this episode, you might also want to share this episode with a friend. If you're listening on a phone, just go to those three dots in a row, touch that, and you'll have the opportunity to share the podcast with a friend. You can send it over to them and they can learn all about reward points as well. The other app that David was thinking of is called Award Wallet, A-W-A-R-D-W-A-L-L-E-T. And I'll put that in the show notes along with mint.com. That's all for this week. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart. 
Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.